All right, I bet you guys are joining me here, always here at HNOC Studios. You know, here in the city of Plano, Texas, we always have something that we're going to actually uh, like to uh, just present to you. It's just kind of keeping the, uh, the Word of God in your heart and in your mind at all times. And this is just uh, kind of like a, a, you know, a nightly thing that I do as a young man. You know, my mother always taught me that model prayer, you know, um, as I lay me down to sleep. You know, I pray the Lord my soul to take. And I always wondered about that. It was a children's type prayer, but it was such a mighty prayer. And we're going to talk about a little about that, a little bit about that on the book of Matthew chapter 6. We're going to go through some of the verses of that. Matthew chapter 6, dealing with, with the model prayer. And we're going to kind of break how that really speaking in reference to when the word of God say, now I lay me down to sleep. You know, I pray the Lord my soul to take. And we're going to be over in the book of Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to kind of run around there in the book of Matthew, um, Psalms chapter 4. And we're going to look at some things over there, Psalms chapter 4. And we're going to try to make some sense, which it is sense, it's the word of God, out of what this really meant in terms of what it means to each and every one of us. Because a lot of us read the model prayer. And we read the, we read the model prayer. And we, we don't have a lot to, uh, we don't know. I mean, we, we read it. And I truly say a lot of us don't really understand how powerful just the model prayer is and it's really enough that you say each and every day it's kind of like john the baptist you know uh repent 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 you know for the kingdom of god is at hand but it doesn't take a whole lot of glory of scriptures uh, to uh, fill the heart of god in terms of hearing your prayers you know because god is always constantly listening to uh what you have to say and he's really checking your heart at the same time and how fervent you are when you say it so we really got to pay close attention to how we uh, enter into the presence of God and begin to speak about the things that um, concerns him the most. And that's us being a part of his relation, being a part of a relationship with him. You know, and uh, we're going to get into this uh, service here, here in just a moment. And I just want to let you guys know this particular uh, program. It's going to be running seven days a week. It's just a short program. It doesn't hold you that long. You just a little bit to read about while you're going to sleep at night. For those who say hit the sack early, for those who hit the sack late, you know, it's just, it's just about my bedtime. This is why I've done it. I call it a little pajama party, you know, for those who sit back, sip on the tea and read the Word of God. And we can just all get together and we can just look and hear what the Word of God is speaking concerning this particular scripture uh, here at 1806 Studios. Father God, we thank you. We bless you as always. As we come before your throne, we ask you to give us reverence, wisdom, knowledge, and direction. As we proceed to go forth, Father God, not through the educational level, but through the revelational level. And that we may know and clearly understand, Father God, the words you've given us are not of ourselves, but through the power of the illumination of the Most High God. You declare and decree, Father God, everything you hand to us in this season, this time, cannot be prescript. It has to go and come through in prayer. And this is why the Word of God speaks about these things through the Apostle Paul over in 1 Corinthians in that particular second chapter. In that ninth verse, he talks about eyes have not seen. And he says, ears have not heard and neither has it entered into the heart of any man, no matter who you are, what degree you are, what place you say you are. When God brings new illumination and revelations of four winds of the Holy Spirit have drawn that to you. And somewhere God is pulling somebody toward you to complete the work that he has that he already has established in you. Most of us know uh, the giftings already given to us don't come through man. And they, don't, they don't have the ability to give you a gift. And when I talk about that particular subject, how can somebody who's just got just as much as sin I have, 
and still got to come to the righteousness of God to make myself right, tell someone else about what I may forgive to him, and I'm born in sin. And what you know, Lord God tells us that but one righteous one, and that's Jesus Christ, for all that's fallen short. So when we look at the word of God, we come forth with the giftings that we have, according to Jeremiah 1 and 5, God knows who he's going to lead us to, not to put us in position to hold us or try any kind of, uh, you know, what we call uh, okey-doke on us to make us feel that they're doing something so anointed, so grateful over our lives. We're going to seek God ourselves. And this is where the model prayer comes in place. We come down to the model prayer with this area of the 13th verse. And he talks the word of God here, and he says, uh, and he says, and lead us not into temptation. Let, let's just look at this very closely. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now look what he said, for lies the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now we talk about the position that have been similar. Uh, we, we can go to the book of uh uh, Psalms, just go over the book of Psalms and look at Psalms 14 and 14 and we're going to see something here and we're going to look at Psalms 14 and 14 in the Amplified Edition that we can get a little bit more clear understanding about what it's saying here in terms of how this particular verse has been broke down in Matthew chapter 13. We want to make sure we pay close attention to this. So let's run over to the book of Psalms chapter 13. We're not going to be too long. I pray I'm watching time. It's only supposed to be a 20 minute uh, service here. But we want to give you something to just kind of shake you a little bit, rattle you a little bit to get you here uh, what the word of God is speaking concerning this model prayer. Over in the book of uh, Psalms uh, chapter uh, 14 and the 14th verse. But we're going to look at it in the AMPC. Let's look at it in an amplified version, and then we'll look at it over in the uh, what we call the Comments English edition. In the uh, AMPC, in the 14th verse, look at what he says over there. I'm sorry, uh, uh, 14, we're going to be Psalms 14 and 4. I want to bring that back to you by mistake on that. Don't don't charge it to me. Just, just go ahead and move forward. He said, he said, look here, have all the works of iniquity, no knowledge, who eat up my people. Listen to how he says the first part of this. Have all the works of iniquity, no knowledge. Have all the work of iniquity, have no knowledge. That's pretty much self-explanatory. The work of iniquity, sin, deeds of the flesh, and versus the knowledge of God who can bring you out of temptational things, who eat up my people as they eat bread, and who do not call on the Lord. When you never find yourself falling outside the deeds and things you're doing that's not right of God, they'll begin to grind at you. It's like you got to cast all your cares on him because he's the one that careth for you. So we look at Matthew chapter uh, 6, and we look at that 13 verse. Look here. The dairy things that we deal with on a daily basis, the deeds of the flesh, we, we don't want to be led into temptation. Our job is to be delivered from the evil one. The evil one who comes what? To eat up our flesh. What is eating by flesh? Worries, circumstances, situations, ease, uh, events, whatever it may be. It's kind of like Psalms 37. Frat not thyself because of an evildoer, but envy thyself because of the workers of iniquity. Let's look at this a little closer. He says, for thy is the kingdom, the cure, and the power and the glory forever and ever Amen. He says something strong there. When the enemy, so when the foos, as it says over here, tries to uh, tries to overwhelm you 
in the midst of a situation. You go to the third verse. He said they are all going aside. Now, the, the Romans talks about this same particular um, battle that's going on, dealing with the iniquities of men and women all the same. Because we all have wrinkles. We all have stuff we deal with on a daily basis. But we're not to let you know our peace with God you know, hinder us from getting a good night's sleep, uh, believing, declaring that God's plan for our life is really more than what we can see. Look what it says in the third verse. They all go on the side. They have all together become what? Filthy. There is none that does good. Look what it's telling you. There's none that does good. Good or right. No, not one. Now, Romans speaks about this, that very same word in the book of Romans chapter 3. You read about that. But it comes over here and he said, they have, you think, they have all the works of iniquity of knowledge, have all the works of iniquity, no knowledge, have all the works of iniquity, no knowledge. Knowledge of who? When you got the knowledge of God, it can't compare. In other words, your knowledge, education, can't compare to the wisdom of God. Knowledge is to know and understand. But when you have the knowledge to know and then you'll fall into the wisdom, meaning there's things that you know you're not supposed to do that can cause you to pretty much diametrically uh, go against the will of God. Because when you're looking at iniquities knowledge, it leads you into temptal things. It causes you to fall short of what God has planned for your life. Let's move on here. And we go back over here to the book of Psalm, uh, Matthew chapter 13. Look at Matthew chapter 13 and look at the 14th verse. He said, if they forgive me, look, and forgive men that trespasses, notice what he's saying. When you, when you look at this man and woman of God, according to the word of God, over in the book of John, you look at the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you look at that to particular 13th chapter, the 13th chapter and that particular uh, 34th verse gives you the, the really it gives you the score and play on this and it's called love it's the first fruits of the nine fruits of the book of galatians 9 and 22 9 to 23 look what it says for if you give men their trespass look we see whenever someone's doing something you and i are not to hold nothing over their head for if we forgive men their trespasses your heavenly father notice what he's saying your heavenly father will also forgive you look at this over here man or the god over here in the area of the um uh the uh the, the it's called the living translation bible it's called the living translation bible it's called a tlb look at that particular verse once again in that 14th verse in this particular area of scripture look what it says right here in the 14 and 15. your heavenly father will forgive you if you forgive those who sin against you. Notice what he's saying. It, it puts you in the frame of what he's saying over in the book of John, uh, at chapter 13 in that 34th verse. What did he say? It's a new covenant. What's going to bring you through the very weeds and woes and deeds in your life is love. You, you can't walk with any gift. Listen to me. You can't walk with any of the nine gifts of the Spirit if you don't know how to display all the different gifts of the fruit. For every gift of the nine gifts of the fruit of the fruit has to be displayed in just one of the gifts 
of the spirit. Even though they work in usually in threes. Some say they work in fours. I've known to work in threes with me. Sometimes I'm, I'm teaching is, is moving. Sometimes prophecy is moving. Sometimes, you know, interpretation is moving. But I can't fully flow in that. If I don't have the full knowledge and understanding, if you go over the book of Galatians, you look at chapter 5, and you look at chapter 5, and you look at that particular 22nd verse, it'll give you a wide understanding of the nine gifts of the Spirit. All nine gifts of the Spirit has to flow fluently for you to be able to operate in any one of them. You got to have everything you have. In, in other words, if I got one gift, if I'm just walking in uh, knowledge, I got to display all the gifts of being a person who represents the kingdom of God. I have to have all the attributes that goes along with that gift, not just one. It ain't just one gift and then one of these particular fruits. It's you got to develop each fruit. The reason I said fruits, because there's nine fruits, love, joy, peace, look, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meek, temperance. See. All of this has to work when you're walking in the prophetic office. All of these gifts has to work. Are y'all really following me here? These gifts has to be maintained if you're going to use just one gift of the Spirit. It's got to have this meekness. You can't fully operate in any gift if you're not carrying the full nine fruits of the Spirit or developing the full nine fruits of the spirit. This is why when we go to the book of 1 Corinthians, he says over oh, in 1 Corinthians, you look at 1 Corinthians in the King James Version, he says the manifestation. That means according to the word of God in Galatians chapter 5, the gifts are not coming to full fruition unless we find ourselves leading and walking and learning things through the spirit. First, we got to have, we're going to walk in any gift. The word of God says over dealing with the first fruit we got to learn to have. We got to have for what? Joy. I mean, love. And then joy. In other words, when I go back to the book of Corinthians and I look at um, the seventh verse in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, he said that gift has to manifest of the spirit. And it's given to every man to profit with all for one is given the spirit of wisdom or the word of wisdom. Now, if you're a man walking in wisdom, guess what? You got to come back over here. I really want you to hear what I'm saying. You got to start developing all the gifts of wisdom as being a representative for the kingdom. The first one is love. Most people can't get past love. You can't prophesy and speak a word in somebody's life and walk in knowledge and then you hate your brother and sister. You can't do that. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 and that 15 verse said, but if you are given, look here. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Let's look at the Amplified Version in the 15th verse. Look how he says it so, so, so smoothly. He says it once again. Your heavenly father will forgive you for all, will forgive you, excuse me, will forgive you if you forgive those who sinned against you. But if you refuse to forgive them, he will not forgive you. Let's look at something over here right quick in this particular verse, in the 16th verse, in the Amplified Edition. Let's look at the Amplified Edition in this particular 15th verse. Look what it said. But if you do not forgive others, trespasses. Look here, it's nest on that. If you do not forgive others, their trespasses, their what? Recklessness and willful sin, living, look at, leaving them, look, letting them go, 
uh, letting them go, excuse me, and giving up the resentment, neither will your father forgive you your trespasses. Now, I want you to catch this right here. Leaving them, letting them go and forgiving, look, and giving up resentment. This is what you got to look at. See, you can't have resentment towards your brother and sister and say you love God. So you can't let them go and they willfully sin and then you have some kind of ought against them. If you stick your hand out to a brother or sister and say, hey, look, I'm sorry. I, I really want you to forgive me for what I've done. And they may not forgive you. Just do your part. Just do your part. Let's move on down here a little quicker here. Let's go down to the 16th verse. we got to get moving here. Moreover, look here. Moreover, when you fast, Look here, be not, when you, look at, when, you, when you're fasting, when you're fasting, be not like the hypocrite who said continuously or continuance for they, what, disfigured their face. Oh man, I gotta fast. And I tell people this all the time. You don't, you don't want to run around with a disfigured face because what you're doing, you're getting closer to Christ. Now, and I want, a lot of people don't get this. They, 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 they don't really, they really don't get this. It ain't how much food you don't eat. I don't know how many times I hear people say, we're fasting, we're fasting, we're fasting. It's just like the moving of the Holy Spirit. People see people jumping and shouting and talking in tongues and ask a question. And somebody looked at me like I was crazy. Well, how do you know? How do you know if the devil can move in the form of light, then your spirit of discernment, how do you know from the fleshly acts? Because a person wilding and moving and jumping, you know, that that's, a lot of people get upset about that. And I ain't saying it ain't in there, but how do you know? So when you come down to fasting, as the word of God says, but thou, when thou fast, anoint thy head with what? Anoint thy head and wash thy face. Be in the be in position of being alert at all times. Don't walk around, oh, we got to fast today. Oh, well, well, because it's for a good purpose, for a good cause. As I said before, it's not how much food you don't eat. It's going to be the kind of faith and development that you're going to bring to the table. Each time you go before the presence of God, you ought to come back a little bit more, a lot more closer, willing to get out of some things that you used to do that you don't do no more. I ain't saying you're going to always be perfect, but you're going to have to make some changes. You just don't go through a fast and fast. You don't use fast as something that just says, I'm fasting. Like if you say, we're fasting, we're fasting, we're fasting. Okay, yeah, you can, do, you can say it all you want, but that's going to have to be a change. You can't come in from fasting and be the same way. See, when Moses went on the mountain, the Bible declared it was a veil on that brother. He went to the mountain when he came up, it looked like he saw ghosts. What I'm saying to you, you're going to have to shake off some things during this fast. Evil intentions, spicy language, running around, committing iniquity, gossiping, something you're going to have to give up. I ain't saying you got to give it up all at once, but you got to give something up. I'm Apostle Charles Ellis. Yeah, that you know, see studios, you know, here in the city of Plano, Texas, I said I wasn't going to be with you too long, about 20 minutes. We're right about where we should be. And it's just a blessing for you guys to join me every night at 1030 uh, p.m. Central Standard Time right here at HNOC Studios to hear what the word of God is speaking that's coming from the kingdom. Look, look, Bob, bless you guys. I mean, I'm uh, so grateful that you guys got a chance to come on and be with us. But it's such a pleasure always. Uh, as we move forward, then all my other colleagues and friends as a part of this service and what we're doing here at HNOC, uh, HNOC uh, C, uh, series that's going on here with the seven night uh, a day uh, uh, service. We, we just thank God for you. 
you know, just coming in and listening in. And it's just an, such a, an opportunity for me to have you on board with us. Until then, God bless you guys. We love you and y'all take care.